This is our first live podcast, so bear with us. Um, we're broadcasting live on Instagram Live today. Um, we organized polls on Instagram stories, and we'll be answering your uh, requests. So let's start. Um, we have Pete here. He is our um, developer. We have yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> we have Caitlin, our SEO. I'm a content marketing specialist. I'm Amanda. We have Paige, our uh, social specialist, and <laughs> Alyssa, our account executive. Um, <laughs> can, we, can we not? Um, if you have any questions while we're rolling, feel free to comment in the comments, and we'll get back to you on the answers. Um, all right. I guess we'll start with Pete. What All are right. we talking about today, Pete? I will be talking about responsive design. Um, this is the category that was chosen for me. Um, By the people. Right. The people. So, <laughs> again, all right. so responsive design, I mean, most people know by this point, is the way your website adapts to what device you're seeing it on. So if you're seeing it on a desktop, you get a nice big mm -hmm. thing with all the bells and whistles and all the, the beautiful imagery and whatnot. But as that... As your device gets smaller, you know, from laptop to tablet to mobile device, all that stuff kind of has to go away until you're left with just kind of the bare bones. Um, so really, responsive design is just the way your website responds to the device that it's on, in a mm -hmm. nutshell. Um, there's a, many reasons this is important. Uh, go through my facts here. Three quarters Quick facts, of, quick facts. Quick facts? <laughs> quick facts, like... Go. Three quarters of adults have a smartphone, so there are tons of mobile devices out there in the market. Older people. Hmm? Three quarters of adults. <laughs> are older people adults? They are now. No, right, there you go. Uh, over 60% of users are on mobile devices at this point. I know like two, three years ago, we were right around 50%, and I find it interesting now that we have made the shift to mobile, so more people are seeing your website on their device than they are on a desktop. Uh, number three, uh, I like this one. 50% of revenue now comes from mobile devices. So people buying on, well, I mean, Amazon, obviously everyone has the app on their phone. But um, I found that very interesting that 50%, it, it, that seems high to me. But I guess it's impulse buying and things like that. Mm -hmm. You're out, you know, I, I could see. <laughs> Amazon got my impulse buy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can relate. <laughs> I just bought something yesterday. All right. Um, uh, this is pretty common. Users will leave if a site takes too long to load. So really you have about two, maybe three seconds to make an impression. So if you're trying to cram an entire large desktop site into your tiny little mobile device, it's going to take a lot longer to load. You're going to lose people. You're going to lose revenue. You're going to lose visitors. Um, so that's very important. Uh, responsive really boils your content down to what's important. So I don't want these huge paragraphs of text that I have on my desktop when someone's on the phone and they have limited real estate, I really just want the bullet points. Mm -hmm. And that's something not many people do. Not many people change their content for mobile. They just tend to keep scrolling and scrolling and you know just push mm -hmm. everything in. But really, changing your content for mobile is actually uh, a pretty smart thing to do. Okay. Uh, yeah, no bells and whistles, just what's necessary. Uh, in 2015, Google started prioritizing responsive sites. So. Not so much they were prioritizing, but you were getting 
knockdown in results if your site wasn't responsive. Mm -hmm. Google can tell. It can tell if you put little... That's because Google knows all. It does. If you put little things in there, if you want like a higher rank, so you put a keyword on there, but then you put, a, you put it in white over a white background so no one can see it, mm -hmm. Google can tell and will punish you for that. So it's watching so you. It's like it does. Another. It watches you. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, another uh, important thing is with, with mm -hmm. mobile devices, there's no pinching and zooming if you're unresponsive. So you can just kind of scroll with your thumb. So everything should be one finger navigation. There's no point should anyone have to zoom in or out with responsive. Um, How many times do we zoom in and out on our mobile phones for pages? I feel like I do that a pages? lot. Uh, if there's images. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times I'll zoom in to, to see details on an image. Because, yeah. I mean, the retina screens are really good. You can get yeah. really high quality images on there. But yeah. really one finger navigation is the mm -hmm. goal. Okay. Um, so I think at this point, probably 70 to 80% of the sites for businesses are responsive. I'm very surprising that there aren't, it's not 100%. I still hit a site occasionally where it's, mm -hmm. I mean, even Reddit has a terrible, like their mobile interface yeah. is horrible. Yeah. They, still have, they still don't have a good app for that. I don't even think their no. desktop experience is that good. No, I don't like the new one <laughs> no. at all. Like, I still prefer the old one. Um, so there are struggles with um, responsive design. It does take considerable extra effort to make your site responsive. So instead of saying, you know, this container is 1,400 pixels wide, nope, it's 100%. And then as it scales down, everything inside, mm -hmm. we have to change the percentages on everything so things start stacking. You have to know at what point they're going to break, at what point things start stacking, start moving left, right. So there's a lot of effort in that. Um, IE11 mm -hmm. is probably the biggest... It's, it's my personal demon. <laughs> I hate... Can you pause there real quick? Sure. Uh, yes. I have a fun, uh, fun question for you. Sure. Um, what is your... We don't want to go into demons. What is your favorite thing about Internet Explorer as That a it is less than 10% of all Internet traffic. <laughs> yeah. Internet Great Explorer answer. is... It uses its own set of rules that doesn't follow the W3C consortium. So it says, hey, we're Microsoft and we have a better set of rules. Now, the newer browsers they did, Edge and whatever the new one is, is they're much better. But the old ones are still around, and mostly because people are still using XP at their jobs, mm -hmm. like because their IT department can't yeah. move forward or whatever, so they can't even upgrade to, I don't even know what version of Explorer was on the, the newer ones, but IE11 is just a dinosaur that needs to die. Yeah. And unfortunately, we still have to, we still have still to use take all of our cool stuff and make it look crappier so that it looks kind of okay in what Internet Explorer. What would be the ideal browser for all of our Google audience? Chrome. Oh. Google Chrome. <laughs> they're really, I mean, Firefox, Google Chrome, they're kind of the same. Safari uh, is almost as bad. Um, Safari, it's not as bad it's, as IE. It's not as bad as IE, <laughs> but it's, it's definitely become more problematic for mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely rules for uh, Safari that we have to follow that we don't have yeah. to in Chrome. Whatever looks good in Firefox is going to look good in Chrome and vice versa. They're kind of the front runners, and then yeah. the others are kind of left behind. I mean, they're still there, but they're not as good, yeah. uh, to be blunt. They are. Uh, as a developer, I prefer Chrome for everything. I know Tim prefers Firefox. Mm -hmm. I think Dustin, the other developer, he prefers uh, Chrome. But mm -hmm. it really is just... Uh, Right? Yeah, mm -hmm. and actually, as we're moving over into CSS Grid, this this new uh, layout system we're working on, uh, Firefox is way more advanced for Grid, wow. so we may be shifting our development uh, into that for a little bit. Mm -hmm. okay. um, the other struggle with 
response design is knowing what to remove. The, the, uh, there's an old saying that, as a, like, I'm formerly a designer, as, as a designer, you know design's done not when there's anything, well, not when there's nothing left to add, but when there's nothing left to take away. So that is how I approach mobile design. It has to be the, the boiled down basic content of what you want. There shouldn't be any filler because people are not gonna stick around. They're on their device, they're out and about, they're doing things, you know, if, yeah, mm -hmm. you get it. You yeah. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then the only other thing is there's so many navigational states on uh, mobile and desktop. So, like, you can have, uh, you can have sticky nav, you can have uh, thumb navigation, you can have a full navigation, you can have partially scrolled, you can have part of the menu showing when you scroll up versus when you scroll down. So navigation becomes really taxing on, on uh, mobile design. So, but aside from that, do it. I mean, not, not saying aside from that, you should be doing it, period. Yeah. But aside from that, there is no downside whatsoever. It's just a little extra. Yeah. Well, um, so you mentioned you're, you used to be a designer. I did. Mm -hmm. um, what's one of the biggest design fails you've ever seen? Ooh. Or you can recall. And we can always come back to this question if you need to think about it, but... I need a minute. Okay. okay. I need a minute. <laughs> move on. Ooh, we can move on to Caitlin. Gotta move through the inventory. Yeah. Talk about that. Caitlin, <laughs> girl, what was your topic? What did um, people choose? So the people chose how to optimize content and blogs. So um, I'm basically going to go through this um, as a step-by-step -step process, um, but basically the goal is this. You're optimizing your content and blogs um, for search engines, but when it boils down to the user. Um, so everything you need to keep in mind, you need to keep in mind that a real person is looking at this. Mm -hmm. Yes, search engines are looking at it as well, but in the end, Google is going to rank what the searchers are looking for. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start out with uh, keyword research. Mm -hmm. uh, when doing keyword research, um, you need to, the best way to start out is probably thinking about a general topic that you want to focus on. And then based off of that topic, uh, make a list of keywords using, you can use keyword tools such as SEMrush, Moz. Um, I use both interchangeably. And based off the goals of your business is kind of the direction you want to go with these keywords. Uh, using SEMrush, you can put in like a basic keyword and then it'll like spit out a bunch of keyword variations. And then you also want to look in search results, see what users are searching, how they're searching, like what's their intent. There could be um, commercial intent, transactional, navigational, um, informational. Uh, I guess they're pretty self-explanatory. Does anyone mm -hmm. have a question on any of those? Mm -mm. Okay. I, so. <laughs> I, I figured. Trudge on. Transactional, <laughs> transactional someone wants yeah, to buy something, sure. so you're like thinking of keywords like whatever keyword for sale, where mm -hmm. to buy this keyword. Um, so you need to take those types of areas into consideration. Um, once you have your keyword in mind, uh, you need to evaluate how you're going to um, lay out your content. I guess you'll go more into it actually. I actually lay it out. But um, let's see, we'll talk about content length. Um, they say a minimum content length should be about 300 words. False. Uh, <laughs> false? <laughs> uh, 
according to like search engines what you should be writing minimum 300 words. Definitely, we never like yeah. were way above that. Um, based off of studies from uh, Backlinko, the average length of first page results is almost 1,900 words. Um, according there to Buzz- we are. Yes, yes. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Feels comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was sweating for a second. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> um, according to BuzzSumo, they uh, looked at. Um, they didn't have the amount of blogs they looked over, but um, based on what they looked at, the average was um, 3,000 to 10,000 words people were sharing the most. You do not need to go I, that crazy. Are you sure? <laughs> are you happy? Honestly, I appreciate that to my core. I really do. I get it. I get That's it. That's a lot of words. we got a lot to say. Um, and yeah. then, according to HubSpot, they analyzed 6,000 of their blog posts, and they had found that um, about 2,500 was the word count that those blogs received the most organic traffic. And then once they got to word a word count of over 2,500, it was uh, they got the most backlinks from those posts. Mm-hmm. So um, a, I would say a good. I, I, Go off of what you're saying too, because you're the content writer too. Um, so I would say a good word count, probably close to a thousand. Like it's a on good average. Enough, on average. Yeah. yeah. You definitely course, want more than three hundred. Yes. Of yeah. course, this is going to depend on your topic, how yeah. much yeah. you have, how much other people are talking about. I, I would say minimum probably seventy eight hundred. Yeah. Um, and that brings me into my next thing: do um, competitor research and. Um, the SERP analysis, look at how people are writing the length of their uh, the length of their content. If someone, if on average people on the first page are only writing 750 words, you don't have to go and write a 5,000 word blog necessarily. Um, but using the competitor research, um, also the SERP analysis. So uh, let's say you're your keyword has more transactional intent, so something, something for sale. Um, you might be competing with organic results and ads and shopping ads. So it adds up, it starts pushing like the first mm-hmm. result farther and farther down, further and further down. Um, so you have to take those types of things into consideration. Um, Internal and external linking. <laughs> yeah, internal and external linking is also, um, you need to do it within your content. It helps search engines basically make up a path. Don't Sorry. say that. Don't say that. There's a wasp. There's a wasp. For everyone viewing right now. There's a wasp. Benjamin Pekansky. It's any of us window the whole time now. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> Continue. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Within your content, um, you need to be internally link- linking to... <laughs> it's just, I was just thinking, it's just your coffee cup. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> you need to be internally linking to other pages within your site. This will help search engines navigate to different areas smoothly, and it also helps them uh, determine what your content is about and how it relates to other areas of your site. Also, external linking. I know, like, some people think, oh, I don't want people to, like, leave my site. Yeah. But if it's, like, a blog post, you're 
all this is also helping search engines um, identify what your content is about by relating it to other articles. And then off of that, the you need to be, you know, helpful to whatever user is reading it too, mm -hmm. yes. right? Yeah. So if you're taking them to a page that you're talking about, it's mm -hmm. easy for them to get there. Yeah, and let's say you're not going into a lot of depth about that topic and you mm -hmm. have strong anchor text. Anchor text is um, what you're hyperlinking to another page. Um, and that describes what you're bringing users to. Mm -hmm. So like if you're not going in, into depth about a certain topic, it's not really what your blog post is completely about or your content. Um, it helps users get more detail about mm -hmm. it if they wish. Another thing is... Keeps going. <laughs> Listen, SEO is a world on its own. Every time I'm in a podcast with Pete, he says I talk too much. <laughs> Never said that. <laughs> Keep it coming. Yes. We all want to know. Oh my goodness. The people want to know. The people <laughs> want to know. Why did Peter sit next to me? <laughs> Another thing to keep in mind is um, keeping fresh content on your site. It helps search engines know that you're active. If you're not pushing out fresh content regularly, it might cause search engines to not crawl your site as frequently. I have a question. <laughs> So, should I be changing my main content pages or primarily my blog? Ooh, great question. Thank Ooh. you. So, don't... Does it punish me to change my main content, like my homepage and my about, like, not, not mean, punish, but will my rank yeah. drop because it's not, it, the relevancy isn't there because it keeps changing? I mean, you wouldn't, if these are your category pages, your services, I wouldn't expect those to change frequently. That kind of... You could optimize them. You could. You can. Yeah. You can, um, it, you, like, I always say we should do, um, updated keyword research. Your, um, your keywords might change based on how your users are searching. So optimizing it in that way, yes, but completely changing your content, I don't see you doing that on a services page. Your blog posts might be updated more frequently depending on the topic. Um, I was just working on stuff earlier. Uh, we had some blog posts that weren't getting as much traffic, and we had like we had three blog posts talking about kind of the same topic, and they weren't getting as many sessions. Mm -hmm. So I decided it would probably be a good idea to combine them. Mm -hmm. So user, we're not first of all, um, the results aren't cannibalizing mm -hmm. each other. And so just putting them into one post mm -hmm. so everyone can just go to that one. Um. And when you think about it, like, when you're going to pages, <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to click on a post that literally is the ultimate guide to everything. Yes. Yeah. I Sounds want, about right. Yeah. I want everything in one place, which is why I love combining the posts. Yeah. Yes, and I do this to you all the time. I send yes. you related questions yes. that people have been searching. Mm -hmm. So I'll literally just take a keyword, put it into Google, go to like people also ask. So it kind of helps you decide what topics to put mm -hmm. in that huge post. And any questions? I, I, have, I have a fun question. Or Paige, that, Paige has a fun question. Yeah, I actually, we were talking about this earlier, and I'm just wondering, Caitlin, um, if you could describe yourself in a long tail yeah. primary keyword, Why would you what would you what would your keyword be? Uh, 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 ooh, I that's know. A good one. I know. Think about Think it. Think about it. Pete, back to you. 
<laughs> I've been thinking about worst it. Worst design fail. I've seen so many. But I don't know if there's one to be considered the worst. I mean, there's kerning issues. There's image placement issues. There's like, uh, like a lot of times when they put the uh, pictures of people on the side of a bus and then mud shoots up on them sure. and it just looks terrible. Yeah. Like, I've seen a lot of that. I can't think of... Okay. One particular But I like your examples. I'll let you pass. <laughs> I'll let it go. Back to Caitlin. Yeah. Back to Caitlin. Wants one no word. One word. That's not one word. That's not long tail. By the way, long tail is those like longer keyword phrases that don't have that many monthly searches, but they have a high click-through rate. I knew that. Because they're so specific. Can you think of one for what would be for tower marketing? Like a long tail keyword example. Digital marketing agencies and like circles right now. Great. I have one for Caitlin. What is yes. it? Energetic SEO who will eat jelly beans at any time of the year. Oh, I love it. That's, that's Lover of dogs and all things cheese. <laughs> and Disney. And Disney. Typer who does not bend fingers. He <laughs> always makes fun of me. I never want to be on a podcast with people. Okay. I think, um, Amanda, we can probably move into your okay. My feelings are hurt. Supplemental. Caitlin spoke about some fresh content, and I am so happen to be talking about fresh content ideas and oh. how to find them. So that segue. Not that. Whoa. Glad I um, talked about that. So I have six, about six steps, but I'm going to make it short and sweet. So the first one is to use Buzzsumo. Buzzsumo is a research and monitoring tool. Um, it's you, it has a free plan and a paid plan. Um, but it allows you to do content research uh, to explore new topics, um, to analyze types of content that other people are producing, and to see what's trending. So we use that a lot. Social uses that too. Um, second part of this, you could use Answer the Public, which is something I use all the time. Uh, this is a tool that <laughs> yes, uh, this is a tool that gives you keyword suggestions and predictions based on Google searches. Um, so. When you, it's the predictive text that when you type in a question in the yeah. in the box, How what it you, yes, and then like it'll populate. Yeah. So it's those kind of questions that pop up and generate. <laughs> yep. Um, has a free to pay yeah. version, um, and it offers a variety of questions related to a single topic, and it displays the data in a visual way. If you so want to, I so like the bulleted text. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like the visualization one. Um, it's great for putting a different spin on a topic that you may not have thought about otherwise. Um, if you put in, you know, a random topic that you thought about, um, we do that a lot for Tower. I'm like, oh, this is a great topic, and then I type it in and see what else other people are mm -hmm. asking about it. Um, third part is using Moz, which Caitlin has talked about. Uh, it's a content and SEO tool that allows you to pull information together to optimize web pages and find relevant content topics, um, link building, things like that. Uh, also has a free and paid version, um, and the Keyword Explorer allows you to see the highly searched keywords and terms that mm -hmm. you pull out for, for us yeah. so willingly. Um, <laughs> the fourth part is just researching the competition. So who... Um, in your industry is your competitors, seeing what they're doing, um, what are they doing more than you, what are they doing less than you, what can you do to um, have leverage in the competition. Mm -hmm. Fifth is just to stay up to date on current events. A lot of us have Google Alerts set up in our email. Um, 
basically anything that has to do with anything I write, I have a Google alert set up so I know what's happening at any point in time. And it happens, like it pops in my inbox every morning and I love it. Um, also subscribe to newsletters uh, for websites within the industry. That helps a lot. That just sends it to you whenever, it, um, whenever they populate. And to make time during your week to just do industry research because things happen so often and you need to be in the know for everything, especially if you're in the marketing world. Um, and the sixth part is just to repurpose old content, which is what uh, Caitlin was talking about with combining blogs, making it relevant again, um, because you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. Yep. You can just take what you had before, mm -hmm. you wrote six, something six years ago, cool. Beef make it up. Beef it up, <laughs> make it better, because six years ago you probably wrote 300 words and that is not <laughs> cutting it not anymore. Okay. <laughs> um, but that, that about wraps it up for me. Amanda, I also have oh my God. a question for you. Tell me. Okay, not saying you can't already do this, because I know you totes could, but like if you have all the time in the world, <laughs> and you could create a blog topic about okay. literally anything, okay. what would it be, and what would the name okay. of it be? Transparency for the, for the audience. I was about to say, are you just going to go right into Transparency. it? Transparency for the audience. Paige and I thought off these questions. Oh! <laughs> So I had time, we had time together to brainstorm these answers, and um, my blog top, my blog would be, uh, what did I say? That, how to, oh, vacuuming your house. Yep. J just oh. that. Vacuuming? Yeah. She just, loves to vacuum. It would just be about vacuuming. It's not about cleaning your house. It's about vacuuming. Specifically, <laughs> the satisfaction of vacuuming your house. That's a blog post right there. The, the title of the blog, Suck It Up, Yo. <laughs> like an office episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, I feel like I'm trying to yeah. So Done. that's pretty much my um, Good job. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> so far. Um, I, I have what is answer. the satisfaction? Just oh my on the top, like, have you ever vacuumed your house? Yes. <laughs> yeah. oh, wait. The lines? Yes. Okay. Cleaning the things? Walking barefoot on uh, the freshly vacuumed carpet? <sighs> okay. Other, other part of this, I have a dog and yes. I have a cat. Yeah. More satisfaction is involved when you have animals in your house because my they shed. Okay, well, get out of here. <laughs> they shed. My dog eats large bones and there's like things everywhere. Yeah. And you have to clean up all the toys first and then you vacuum. So maybe that's part of it. I just like you. <laughs> okay. So you would not go no, to Roomba. No, there is satisfaction when you. Tell, tell me about it. Tell me about it. I don't like yeah, vacuuming, but when you dump out all the dirt in the trash. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my favorite part. My favorite and part. Please, back to you on a design. Harsh segue. Harsh segue. How well, often do you vacuum? If not, okay, so listen, I oh used gosh. to do it every day. <laughs> I used to vacuum every day. Okay. I cut back. <laughs> every other day. Oh. So, <laughs> every other day. Okay. Every other day. That's it. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Vacuum your house. Vacuum your house. your house, everyone. Vacuum your house. Great. If you don't want to do it, hire Amanda. That's okay. Honestly. I'm not expecting. Yeah. I'm willing to vacuum your house. <laughs> Contact me directly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Everyone's like, vacuum my house. 
social media. What so, what, what do the people want? The people want to know how to advertise on social media. So, I can't really give you like one clear, direct answer um, to this question because it's going to depend on a lot of different things. So, we'll just kind of go over a little bit of basics here. Um, talk about the things you need to keep in mind. Well, yeah, I just so want to talk to the people. I want to talk. Fun fact: Paige should have been an actress. Oh well, I used to act it. back in my oh, day. So, <laughs> fun fact. <laughs> you are learning new things. You probably things. can't. This tell, came out of charades. Yeah, at the fish bowl game. I didn't know this until like a year, a full year of you being here, and I was like, so like a month ago then? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Yes. Wait, what yes. did you act in? Well, I did a lot of like school productions, but <laughs> I also were directed some children's were you theater. Were lead? Um, yes, but I usually so had like the first. Were you the lead in? Okay. We're fast forwarding. <laughs> We're fast forwarding. Well, I just used to do a lot of theater. But I think what Amanda's referring to is that I did like a cattle call for Nickelodeon, like went out to New York and just like auditioned. What? For it was super fun. Yeah. Recommend if you're ever bored on a Saturday and you want to do something, go audition. To get for hired? <laughs> Obviously not. I would be here. She's here. <laughs> so as you can tell, I'm not a great actress because I'm here. So. <laughs> My acting career did not take off. So. But, but it should have. A live podcast is where you shine. There yes. we go. <laughs> Back to social media. Okay, so oh anyway. Advertising <laughs> on social media. So, um, basically, there are a couple things that you need to keep in mind. The first being which platform you're going to use. So, basically, um, before you even decide to jump into the game of advertising, you have to kind of think about where your audience is. Um, if you're looking to advertise to like a very young crowd, mm -hmm. maybe you want to take a little Snapchat route. <laughs> if you're looking to advertise to people who are between the ages of say 30 to 60, maybe Facebook would be for you. MySpace. <laughs> I would say MySpace is pretty irrelevant at this point. That's all I have to say about that. The next thing you have to keep in mind is your goal and objective. So, um, what are you trying to get out of the advertisement? Are you looking to build brand awareness? Um, are you looking to send people to your website? This kind of will depend on um, how you go about creating your ad and um, yeah, that's pretty much that. Great. Onto the audience. When you pick your audience, obviously you've already kind of thought about this based on which platform you're using. So. Um, if you're thinking, oh, I probably want to use Facebook, then you already know your audience is probably in that 30 to 60 demographic. Um, you should probably utilize um, your social media platforms for the analytics as far as what your users are interested in um, and just like more information about the demographics. Is it mostly male? Is it mostly female? So on and so forth. Um, I also tend to use Google Analytics for um, some information on the demographic as well. Woo, Google. I can then find out what the users are like who um, are going to my website. What did you say about me? No, he's making fun of me. Okay. Anyway, from there, choosing your budget. So, again, this is all extremely dependent on what you're advertising, who you're advertising Which to. Which is why you need you. Social media <laughs> You guys are coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> not This is not planned. We're very good. We're improvising. Yeah. Okay. Um, as long as it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so your budget also depends on your platform because each platform is going to um, 
costs a little bit more, a little bit less, depending on what you go with. Um, it also depends on if you're going to be measuring your ad um, based on impressions, um, based on clicks. Mm -hmm. These things will all vary. Um, luckily, social media advertising has proven to be a pretty cheap but effective um, <laughs> way to advertise. <laughs> so, um, can I just say? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Say, <laughs> There's so much hostility. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so I do pay per click. Sure. But with like Google ads. Yeah. And then I got to work on some ads for social. And I was amazed at how amazed. much cheaper, affordable, That's right. social yes. media ads are. Cost, yes. effective. cost effective. It's extremely cost effective. And if you do it right, results. And consistently. And consistently, yes. yes. With good photography. Yes, that's a huge part and, of it. And good copy. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of things that go into it. <laughs> um, but we're jumping ahead of, my, of myself. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah. where are you sending users? That's another thing to keep in mind. Um, you don't want to um, send, you don't want people to click on your ad and send them to a completely irrelevant page on your website mm -hmm. where they're not taking any action. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you're going to be paying for people to click on your ad and then immediately leave your website because mm -hmm. there's nothing for them to do there. So making sure there's, whether it's like a form, um, reading a blog, you know, there's some, there has to be something there for the user to do. Um, and then what kind of format will you choose? Again, it largely depends on which um, platform you're using, um, but you know, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, they all have the very basic um, image ad, like single image, carousel ad, um, video ad. It kind of just depends on what you're advertising. Mm -hmm. So I would say um, video ads right now are probably like the most successful mm -hmm. Um, your relevance score will go up two points if you use a video like on Facebook. Um, so something to keep in mind. Uh, there are like a bunch of different formats to choose from, um, but if you're trying to show like how your product works, um, a video with people in it is probably like the best for you. Um, other than that, just after your ad runs, going back. Um, and measuring your results, seeing what worked, what didn't work, so that you know for next time. Mm -hmm. It's always a good idea to try to test things out. So running A-B tests with like several different um, ad groups, maybe changing the copy, changing the image, um, changing your audience. Mm -hmm. All of those things are really important. It's kind of really, it's kind of difficult when you first start advertising to know how people are going to react to your advertisement. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of just testing over and mm -hmm. over again to see where that like niche is. Um, yeah, I mean, I can basically talk about social advertising forever. So, so like other questions, feel um, free to reach out to me personally. What, <laughs> what is your dream feature that you would add to the ad platforms? Mm, okay, so I didn't really get to think about this, but if I, if I could add like any dream feature, mm -hmm. Um, and this is like not even possible right now. So like people who are inventors like use my idea. It's fine. I think it would be super cool. Like so you're scrolling through Facebook and you're like okay okay, and then you see an advertisement pop up and it's for like experienced scuba diving. But oh. <laughs> what were they talking person, about? <laughs> that person scuba diving is you and not just like a model that they paid to like somehow that would be creepy though i would love it i'm sure you would <laughs> i'd be like no it'd be great for like clothing brands it's like look at this outfit on okay you. I get and then that. i'd be like yeah oh that okay. looks good I get on that. me so then i'd buy it <laughs> i get that okay 
it's just that I'm or just connect you to like a live like sales rep who can help sure. you pick the perfect outfit or huh. something. Just an idea. Throw an idea. Answer questions. Yeah. Like a video chat. That's great. Nice. So like, if anyone wants to take it, it's up for grabs. Whoa. At our marketing, you know. At our marketing. Whoa. <laughs> okay, <Cool>. Alyssa, <laughs> passing it to you. What did the people want to know? Um. So my topic is not as energetic okay. and fascinating okay. as Paige's is. We really should have um, ended on Paige. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I thought about that halfway through. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my topic was conflict resolution. Oh. Um, but yeah, it, so it's not the best topic. So don't start and any conflict. When I, found, when I found that the people wanted to know about this, I thought, great, why did I recommend it as right. an option? Um, but it's fine. We're going to work Why through. did you? Because it's... Um, what was the question you asked me? Like, what are key parts of my job? That's a big one. Um, so conflict doesn't always have to be negative. It can just be people See. having a difference of opinion. Um, but neither one necessarily has the correct answer. So, um, one of the areas of conflict resolution, really the main one is how to address it and how to work through it. Um, so the important thing to know is that conflict resolution, um, is a learned skill. Um, it takes experience, it takes time and development. You are going to fall flat on your face a few times when you try to address or change conflict, but you learn from it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, um, if I, so with my role at Tower, right, as an account executive, I often sit in between two parties. So that could be two internal team members. It could be a, a client and our internal team. It could be a vendor and our client. Um, it can be something as simple as, um, I don't know, the way billing is handled versus what the scope of the project is. Mm -hmm. So it really can range and be different, um, but I'm often found in the middle and looked at as the person that has to provide the resolution and the direction to keep this moving forward. So the first thing I like to do is obviously get everyone involved um, together and sit down and understand what everyone's viewpoint is. Um, and then often while people are talking, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to identify commonalities between what they're saying. Um, often, if everyone is on the same page, the end goal is the same. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, we all may want to launch a website on Friday. Nope. Well, I know, it's a bad day. <laughs> um, but, we, but Friday may be our goal date. A developer may come nope. to me and say, no, I'm not nope. going to launch on a Friday because that's um, not something we do best practice. Uh, but then I could have a social media person coming to me and saying, but I need this landing page for an event that's happening on Saturday. Nope. Um, so, right. So in this, the goal, right? So the common goal is for us to have this website live in some form or fashion. So I hear Pete's concerns of it's just not good to do it going into a weekend without immediate support. And I hear Paige's concern of, but I need it. So... For me, that's our common end goal, right? Mm -hmm. And so the way to address it is to say, great, how can we launch it on a day that's not Friday, but is before Saturday? Mm -hmm. Is Thursday an option? Sure. And then what do we need to do to actually um, accomplish that? So the biggest thing, um, it sounds really simple and easy to do, but in reality, it is. it can be stressful at times. Um, but the biggest thing um, to ensure everyone stays on the same page is the follow-through. Um, so I really like after any through. sort of conversation um, so I really um, like to just say, okay, let's recap this to make um, sure people so I really are on like the same page. And then that way, 
people um, who were so really like in that conversation in that um, so example I really like it, it um, are so know what's happening and know the goal and then to make sure that you're supporting each other in order to accomplish that so that's really like basic it's be helpful it's um, really basic but Alyssa <laughs> it's boiled down but like it's digestible, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what the users want. It's what the people want. It's what the right? people want. Um, I have, like, a very, very important question for you. Okay. Um, so you're a contestant on The Bachelor. Okay. You finally have your one-on-one -on -one time with Jake. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you know? Mariah decides to storm <laughs> and just happened to say, I'm sorry, can I steal him for a sec? You literally just sat down with Jake. What do you do? Conflict resolution. That's a, that's a bit hostile. In that scenario, it's the bachelor's job to be the person instituting the conflict resolution. Not what I expected. <laughs> Not what I expected. That's transference. Right. Yeah. That's saying, I'm not the responsible party. Yeah. All I can do in that situation is voice my concern. Right. I, I am not a contestant on The Bachelor, nor do I have any um, desire to be. Right. But, Just hypothetical. But hypothetically, if I speak my um, willingness to continue my one-on-one -on -one conversation, sure. it's up to The Bachelor to help make that decision. What a great answer. Honestly, I so not have the same. <laughs> my first thought was, which Bachelor is Jake? And then I realized it was all <laughs> What is she doing? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. She's always on the crowd. That woman's always moving on. Lip syncing anyway. her way through the world. <laughs> okay. Um, Kelly, do we have any oh, questions? Hi, Kelly. Hi. Hey. <laughs> She's behind the no, camera. Behind the scenes. Um, we do not have any questions come in, but we had a lot of people joining us. So thank you to everybody. Yes, thank you so um, much for watching and jumping in and out. Um, but no, I'm going to throw it back to you. Okay. <laughs> Caught it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay. If you have any additional questions after this, feel free to leave us comments, interact with our pages. We'll get back to you. Yeah, hit um, me up at Tower Marketing. Whoa. <laughs> for, for, for like anything, like acting, social media, that's it. Launch mode. <laughs> uh, please review and uh, rate us and subscribe on iTunes. Um, we're also on SoundCloud. Uh, so hit us up. And thanks for joining our thanks first for joining our live podcast. Yes. And that was another episode of Tower After Hours. Bye. Bye.